0: Now, if you've not journeyed with us over the past couple of weeks, let me just share with you what we've been busy with. We're in the book of Mark and over the past couple of weeks in the series in the book of Mark. We've seen that Jesus is the one that calms the storm. Storms on the outside. Jesus One word can rebuke and silence so that calm and stillness comes even when you think the storm be at its highest. We've seen also that as Jesus arrived on the other side on the shore that He calmed the storm in the demonized man, that it's not only external circumstances that Jesus can address and sort things out on the outside, but He's especially qualified and good at settling the storms within. At quieting and addressing the storms that rage inside of us. And those are, more often than not, those are the storms that get to us most. But you see, this teaching and this lesson that is he's teaching his disciples because we, we find that from the very beginning when he said, okay, so let's get in the boat and go to the other side, Jesus was teaching his disciples about faith. When he calmed the storm and when they thought they were going to die, Jesus said this to them. He said, why do you still not believe? Why are you so afraid? And then we see with the demonized man, Jesus in front of his disciples stole the storm in this man and. They saw that even though Jesus did such a wonderful miracle, they saw that the townspeople came and to them the pigs were more, more important than the person. They saw Jesus being rejected and almost, well, not almost, being chased out of the region because of his authority and people being afraid of his authority and what he's capable of. But in that situation as well, Jesus showing his disciples what it means to believe. Even when the storms on the inside is so much that you almost have no control, that you can't throw yourself at Jesus' feet. And He will still the storm. Now we finished off last week where Jesus was getting back in the boat and this man that was now free, in his right mind, talking to Jesus, actually pleaded with Jesus, said, Lord, can can I come with you? These guys don't want you here, but I, I don't want you anywhere else. I, I just want to be with you. And Jesus said, no, you see, there's, there's a bigger storm that I'm here to address. And you're part of my storm chases. You're part of my people that, I, that I'm sending in, into this world to go and just to calm the storms out there. Go and tell everybody what happened to you. And Jesus and His, His disciples got in the boat And they went to the other side. So back again. Now this is where we pick it up this morning. In verse 21, it says this, When Jesus had crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, my little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed in love. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and, and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all that she had Yet, instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind Him in the crowd and touched His cloak. Because she thought, if I just touch His clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped and she fell in her body. That she was freed from her suffering. Now, at once Jesus realized that power had gone out from him, he turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? You see the people crying against you, his disciples answered, and yet you ask, Who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman knowing what had happened to her came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Now go in peace and be freed from your suffering. While Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of the synagogue, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, don't be afraid, just believe. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. And when they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and he said to them, why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep but they laughed at him. After he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and his disciples who were with him and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitakum, which means little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately the little girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. At this they were completely astonished. He gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this and told them to give her something to eat. Man, I'll be honest with you. I started in the book of Mark, but I didn't know after three months we're still going to be in chapter five, number one. But seriously, when God was talking to me about calming the storms, the storm's outside and the storm's in and, and I could see this wrestle in the, in the, in the, in the lives of, 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 of the disciples learning, teaching, seeing, witnessing what it means to believe. To believe in the midst of a storm. To believe when you're afraid and a madman comes running at you. To believe. Jesus teaching them, don't be afraid. Just believe. Because of that, I just knew when I read this passage, it's, it's a significant passage, but I knew that these words right in the center of it, don't be afraid, just believe. That is what He was teaching His disciples on the, on, on the Sea of Galilee. That is what He was showing them when He calmed the storm and the man, and that is what He's teaching them now. Now, if you can journey with me through this passage, first we meet I love you. I'm so tempted to make you stand, but I know your feet's not going to carry through. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you. You can go (laughs) stand. I just love it when she plays. It's honestly just such a blessing to me. It's always been part of our home and our house. This part is not prepared. It's just an overwhelming thought within my being. Since 16 years of age, the sound of Lisa playing on the piano, just ushering in his presence, have been part of our ministry and preaching. And and I just want to publicly say, I appreciate that with all my heart. I love you. Thank you so much. So we meet the leader of the synagogue, a pastor of sorts a minister, somebody that knows what the law is all about, that should know what the Messiah is all about. Isn't it so? But the last time, you've got to just, just journey with me, the last time Jesus had anything to do with the synagogue, he had to put a man with a shriveled hand in, in their midst and say, listen, he knew they were more concerned about the Sabbath than they were about the man with the shriveled land. That was the experience Jesus had just a few chapters before this. Now here we find Jairus coming to Jesus. Scripture says, and he fell at his feet and he begged him. Literally, he begged him over and over again. Asked him, please, come to my house. My daughter is ill. Now this is somebody which I just shared with you, that knew the religious part. He knew what should be done and what should not be done. He had the knowledge. He was a leader of the synagogue. But one thing he did not know. He did not know how to heal his daughter. He came in desperation. Sometimes we, 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 we see this desire and longing somebody coming to Jesus and we immediately see the faith, I want you first of all to understand that it's not Jairus' faith that just brought him to Christ. He was part of the counterculture almost against Jesus at that time. He was part of the confrontation against Jesus just a few chapters before. Jesus was not their most popular leader ministering and preaching. He's the one that they tried to just work out of society and, 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 and out of their Jewish circles because he was creating a lot of troubles and challenges with all the healings and stuff that he was doing. But you see, if your daughter, 12-year-old daughter, is sick and ill, and you've done everything, you know what to do. And you've asked all the leaders to tell you what, what, what should we do, what rights should we should should we uh, uh, um, uh, administer. You? And everything that you could do, you've done, but your daughter's still dying. You find a Jewish leader, the leader of the synagogue, pressing through the crowd saying, and I I, I can just imagine the people making way. Why? Because this is Jairus. Maybe maybe they're gonna try to just catch Jesus again in some, some controversial questions or whatever. Maybe something like that. No, no, no. When he arrived at Jesus, When the crowd opened up enough so that he could be with Jesus, he fell at his feet and asked him, Lord, would you please come to my house? I know we're trying to get you out of the synagogue, but please come to my house. Because my daughter is ill. Sometimes we find people find their way to Christ, not because of their faith, but because of their desperation. Sometimes their desperation drives them to a place where they know no one else can help me now but Him. I dare to say that we still find that today. But I'm here to tell you that even when desperation drives you to the feet of Jesus, even if you're not convinced yet, if desperation brings you to Him, you're in the same place as the disciples in the boat. You're in the same place as the demonized man on his knees in front of Jesus. Why? Because desperation, faith, whatever brings you to Him, as long as it brings you to Him. And what did Jesus say? Aren't you the guy... Aren't you part of the guys that are trying to work me out? Oh, now. I mean, I just had a day trip over there and had to come back because they chased me. Now you want to. Now I should come to your house. Did Jesus act that way? What would we have done? I was here yesterday, buddy. I was here last week. Didn't give me any time of day. No, Jesus, it it simply says, I want to read it to you so that you hear. Listen to this. It says, After he pleaded earnestly with him, my little daughter was sick. My little daughter is, is, is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. Verse 24 So Jesus went with him. What a simple theology. The man asked. The leader of the synagogue asked. The leader of the opposition party asked. And Jesus went with him. You ask. You're desperate. You knock at my door. There's a scripture that says you knock, I will open. You ask, I will answer. Isn't it so? So Jairus, Jairus came to Jesus and said, please, help me. My daughter's dying. Jesus saw his desperation. I, I want to share this with you. Jesus did not only see his faith, but he saw his desperation. And I almost want to say, for me, and you can go through it with me, in the beginning, it was more dis- desperation than anything else. And his desperation, his desire moved Jesus. And he was going with him. Might say, no, 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 it must have been his faith. Just follow with me. So now Jesus is walking with Jairus. Everything going well. I asked him, think about if you were J- Jairus. Asking the same person that you stood against, now you're asking him to come, and Jesus came. You must, you must feel pretty good, right? Jesus is coming. I mean, you're desperate, just want to get into your daughter. And now the people aren't getting the message. Jesus is getting the message, but they aren't. Because what are they doing? They are pressing around him as if they need him as much as I do. They are pressing around Jesus. And, and I think Jerry's saying, Lord, it's this way, it's this way. Hey guys. Just open it, it's this way. But it says the people, the, 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 the longing, the desire just to be with Jesus, they were pressing against him. It was so much that they moved slowly. Jairus is thinking, listen, I don't know if she's going to make it. Lord, just, can we? I think if you would, if you would write down his thoughts, he would go, please, would you all just move? My daughter's dying. What would you do? What did you do in a desperate state? He found Jesus. He's trying to drag Jesus. Come Lord, just please. And in the midst of all of this, people pressing against Jesus, something happened. Enter our second character. A woman was also part of the crowd. Now, she was also pressing through the crowd. But remember, Jairus was one of the leaders. In their society, everybody looked up to him. So when he arrived and he was pressing in, he he wanted to get to Jesus. People made way a little bit because it is the leader of the synagogue. But there was another woman that had to do things from the back of the crowd. Because you see, Jewish law stated that if this woman with this disease touches you, you will be unclean. She could not even attend the synagogue in the condition that she was in. Now this woman had to do it in obscurity. She was pressing through the crowd as well. Everybody was opening up for Jairus on that side to come and ask Jesus, come and help my daughter. On this side, everybody was closing up and this woman cannot even make herself known because then they would chase her away. But she was pressing in. Jairus was trying to pull Jesus this way. She was saying, please don't go too fast. Please just move. I just wanna touch him. I just want to, oh, if I, if I can just touch his cloak. The most important person in the front trying to drag Jesus this way. The one with the least amount of honor among them, digging in, pressing in from behind. How often do we find ourselves, God, come, would you just come move? Move a bit quicker. Somebody else is saying, please don't go too fast. I just have to touch the hem of his garment. And in the middle, you find the one whose heart goes out to both. You might not believe in me the way you should, Jairus. You might not even know who I truly am, but you need me, I'll come. Don't you worry. I'm going to make the crowd slow me down. I'm going to go slow enough, even when somebody's dying, so that your need can be met. Jesus, maybe he could have done it a different way. Turned around and said, hey, guys, please just let this woman through. I think they would. No scripture. Gives it to us a little bit differently. Jesus was walking and she touched his robe and he stopped. And she was going, what now? We've got to go. My daughter's dying. Jesus said, wait, somebody touched me. But Lord, there's a lot of people pressing against you. The disciples said, what do you mean? There must have been at least a dozen people pressing against you. Yes, yes, but everybody's pressing against me, but somebody touched me. I wish I had the time to explain to you the difference between pressing against Jesus and touching him. I don't want to dig into the vocabulary when I say this to you. She did not just press against Jesus. She did not just like the crowd. Okay, Jesus is going by. We want to be part of all of this. No, there was a sense of desperation within our hearts saying, listen, if I can just touch his robe, I know something will happen. But there was a desperation within her spirit. It wasn't just to meet Jesus. She didn't think she deserved to meet Jesus. Jairus different story. I mean, I am the leader of the synagogue. I know, you know, we, we did this, but, but I am a leader. Guys, just open up a bit. I, I, I want to speak to Jesus, falling at Jesus' feet. She cannot fall at Jesus' feet. There's no space. There's no space to even accommodate her desperation. Her desperation has to be forceful. Her desperation has to take no no for an answer. Come on, don't push her. You can say what you want. I'm going through. Because she's desperate. For 12 years, 12 years having this illness in her body, 12 years Scripture says not only was she in this condition but she lost everything she had because she, you don't even want to know, as I said, I don't have time to explain to you all the remedies that the Jewish culture had for this. You'll be astonished, you'll be amazed. But she was pressing in from behind. Jairus was trying to drag him from the front and Jesus stood still who touched me. Who touched me? Now this word "touched" it's a very intimate word. The moment she touched him, Scripture says, "And Jesus felt power go out from him." So he turned and said, "Who touched me?" Did anybody around him understand what he was talking about? No. Lord, we're all pressing against you, but Jesus knew. Somebody knew. Somebody knew. Somebody knew they were not pressing up against me just now. Somebody had a desire, had a desperation. Somebody touched me. And the moment that happened, Jesus stood and it it says here that he kept looking, kept asking. Listen to this. Jesus realized that power had gone out of him, verse 30. He turned around the crowd and asked who touched my clothes. So then they were saying everybody's touching you and then listen to this and yet you ask who touched me but Jesus, verse 32, kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman knowing what had happened to her came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear told him the whole truth. The moment she touched the hem of his garment, she was healed. She knew it. Jesus knew it. But her desperation was to be healed in her body. But there was more to be gained that even she did not know. And Jesus said, wait a minute, somebody touched me. The rest didn't know, but she knew. And Jesus kept looking and she said, let me, let me show you the, the whole truth. It was me. It was me. Listen to this. The moment she came forward, he said to her, now, you don't have a lot of instances where Jesus would call a grown woman daughter. He says "Yeah," he said, very intimately, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. So she touched Jesus, but Jesus knew he wanted to touch, to heal, to restore her. There was more to be done. He touched the hem of his garment and Jesus freed her. said, listen, your faith has healed you. Go, go and be free. Go and be free from your suffering. Go in peace. While Jesus was still speaking, now, You've got Jairus saying, Lord, come. In this moment, Jesus standing still, setting this woman free. Her desperation brought her to him and now she's restored. Jesus saying, listen, you can go in peace now. You are free. In that moment on the front side of this crowd, people came to Jairus and said, listen, don't don't bother him any longer. Your daughter's dead. What would Jairus' natural response have been. Take a moment. Think for yourself how you would have felt traveling to Jesus, hearing his back on the side of the lake again, asking him, getting him to come, but he's too slow. I I know you guys never feel that Jesus is too slow. I know it's just, I'm just sharing with you you that if you ever hear people think Jesus is too slow in answering their prayers, that you can share it with them. But for him, this leader, this prominent person, you're moving a bit too slow. And now they arrive saying, listen, she's dead. You can stop bothering him. It's done. My response would most probably have been, I told you. I told you, she's very sick. And because of that lady, my daughter's died now. Because of this crowd, my daughter's died. Because you are moving too slow, Lord, my daughter's died. You know what grace I find within this text, even before he's got an opportunity to respond. Jesus gives him no chance to say, I told you so. Even to feel, I told you so. Jesus overheard them speaking. This is what Scripture says. Jesus overheard them and he ignored what they said, but he said to the man, what did he say? What did he say? Don't be afraid. Does that sound familiar? Come on, you've got to follow with me now. We're preaching through through three sermons here now. Don't be afraid. Come on, let's let's step back. Let's step back. The disciples on the ocean thinking they're gonna die. Lord, don't you don't don't you care? We're gonna die. Why are you so afraid? Yes, on the other side of the lake, this man sitting there in his right mind, all the people seeing that and what happened to them, they were afraid. They were afraid. Jesus addressing their fear, addressing their fear, showing them who is the one to be feared and to believed. here with her and with him. This woman with an issue of blood, Jairus, Jesus saying to him, Jairus, don't even go there. Who did you come to see? Who did you come to see? You came to ask me, right? Where are we on our way to? We're on our way to your daughter, right? Yeah, but don't worry, she's dead. And don't you believe that for one moment. Don't be afraid. Just what? Just believe. If you forget everything today, I want you to remember this. There's gonna be some times in your life where you even with faith have to tell yourself and allow the Spirit of God within you to tell you, stop being afraid, just believe. There's going to be some times where you are pressing and say, Lord, but I don't deserve to be here. I said, stop. You stop moaning. You press in. You just believe. Press in. Don't be afraid. But if they see me, don't be afraid. is arriving with Jesus saying, I don't know if he's going to come. Don't be afraid. Just believe. And now we're we going, now? she's dead. Don't be afraid, just believe. Why? Because Jesus in the boat changes matters. Jesus on the shore changes matters. Jesus for Jairus changes matters. Jesus for the woman changes matters. See, it's all about Him. Jesus said, Jairus, don't you be afraid, just believe. So Jesus is asking Jairus, he's saying, listen Jairus, I know you believed when you desperately came to me because you had no other aunt, But now, I want you not only to trust that your daughter will be healed, I want you now to believe that I can raise her from the dead. Hello? Do you really think Jairus was wondering what was going on? Do you really think he wondered if she was really dead or not? Hello? No. So here's Jairus with Jesus walking. We don't hear anything about the crowd anymore, but I think this was the toughest part of the assignment between you and me. Because there was only one thing now that he had. Only one thing. Jesus saying, believe He's walking towards the dead body of his daughter in his house. wondering, hearing what the other said. Jairus, what are we doing? She's dead. It's done. Leave him. Jairus had to to quiet everything down. How many times did you think on that journey did he have to say to his friend, don't you say that again? How many times did he have to shush the people that cared about him? Hello? It's not just two blocks away. He's on his way walking. Shush! I know. I don't want to hear it again. He said, don't be afraid. Just believe.
1: What are you doing? I'm
0: believing, man. So they arrived at the house, a big mourning party. By the way, just a little bit of information, by that time, in that time you had professional mourners. You know what that is. It's people that actually, that's what they do in the community. When somebody dies, they come and they cry top of their lungs, they cry. They are there to proclaim how sad the situation is. Jesus and Jairus arriving, and Jesus said to them, why all this commotion? What what are you doing? Sometimes we read over these things, but think about it. She's dead. They know she's dead. And Jesus is saying, what are you doing? Why are you making such a ruckus? Why, Why all this commotion? Literally, he asked, why this commotion? So, and then they, uh, Jesus said to them, she's not dead, she's just sleeping. So you read it with me, what did they do? What did they do? They laughed. Because they knew she was dead. They laughed at him. Now I want you to see something that we don't, we don't actually get in this part. So overhearing what Jesus said, Jesus told them, don't be afraid, just believe. Then verse 37, where they were walking towards them, Jesus arrived asking why all this commotion in verse 39, the child is not dead but asleep, but they laughed at him, verse 40, after he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and disciples. Now we know he took the child's father and mother and disciples. Did you know that this phrase, after he put them all out, It's a forceful phrase. Please go check me up on this. Jesus threw them out of the house. Why is this important? You see, sometimes, just sometimes, there's a lot of voices that tells you something is dead when God said it's still alive. Yes? Sometimes on your way, you've got to quiet them so that you can just concentrate on the fact that he said, don't be afraid. But sometimes the voices are so loud. Sometimes there's, there's such a commotion around explaining to you why something cannot be that God steps in and God quiets the voices around you. Okay, everybody that thinks she's dead, out. That's what Jesus did. Out. He forcefully removed them from the house. And then he said to the mom, the dad, and three disciples, okay, you can stay. Why? What is Jesus teaching? Just believe. So sometimes you've got to remove, I'll say this straightforward so that there's no doubt about this. Sometimes you've got to remove the doubters from your house. Sometimes you've got to shush the voices negatively coming in. But sometimes you've got to say, listen, if you don't go now, I'll I'll, I'll put you outside. And by put, I mean forcefully. I do not want to hear that again. I will stand on what God has given me. This is what he said. Sometimes you need to stand on what God has given you so much. That you forcefully need to remove some of the thoughts you entertain. Forcefully need to remove some of the voices that are telling you it cannot be. Sometimes we are too nice with our own unbelief. Some instances takes a bit of forceful removing. Jesus removed all of them, took the mom, the dad, three disciples, and then said, little girl, stand up, get up. Guess what happened? She got up. So beautiful to me that after she got up, everybody was so amazed. Nobody thought she was hungry. Jesus said, hey, just give her something to eat. Sorry, but that really got me. Jesus is saying, she's alive now, but she's hungry. Feed her. Because there was only one person not surprised in the room. Are you with me? You get it as well as more. think about it. Everybody else, everybody on the outside thought they're going to come back out saying, you were right. She is dead. Sorry, I don't want to sound disrespectful, but that was what they were waiting for, wasn't it? The people on the outside. The people on the inside, they were hoping. They were believing for something. Well, I can promise you this, all of them were surprised. Except for one. The one that said, don't be afraid. Just believe. Jesus raised her from the dead and told her to give told them to give her something to eat. See, I wanna ask you, when a few weeks ago, we spent some time about what happens to our storms and how should we, we should deal with the storm and how we should react within the storm. So a lot of you get, okay, wait a minute. Now I know the storm. I've gotta just get back to Jesus' feet. Remember that Jesus is in the boat. After that, when he spoke about the demonized man, I see a lot of you realizing, hey, there's a storm within. And he's the one that has authority with one word that can address that. But I'm here to share with you this morning. It's not just the storms that he can calm. He can also raise the dead. Said Pitt, what are you saying? Man, there's some things that you've given up so long ago that they are dead. You've given up. It's over. It's done. I want to give you the words of Jesus to Jairus. Jairus. Don't be afraid, just believe. Now please look at me when I say this to you. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid that because you're the leader, you cannot go to Jesus because your name will take some bumps and bruises. Don't be afraid. Just believe. Don't be afraid because you think you're not good enough. Don't be afraid. Just believe. Don't be afraid because you don't know exactly what's gonna happen. Don't be afraid. Just believe. Believe in what? Believe in Him. Trust Him. Believe that, Even what you think is dead, he can raise to life again. I wanna be clear about this. Do you still believe that Jesus will raise his sons, his daughters from the dead? Hear me say this. I don't wanna say this in any other way. Do you still believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross of Calvary was crucified and buried and rose on the third day. Do you believe that? Yes. Do you believe that we will, be, we will rise with him? Yes. Because if you don't, you're gonna struggle believing that things that are dead will be raised to life. Hello? Jesus has the ability not only to calm the storms, but also to raise those things that was dead, if Jesus spoke a word over it, it will live. Parents, don't give up on God's word for your children because you've been battling so long you don't think it can happen. Don't give up on those family members that you are trusting the Lord for, that you've given up on. Don't give up. Don't give up on those relationships that you've said, this cannot be, I tried, this cannot be restored. It's dead. When Jesus arrives, with one word, he calmed the storm. With a word, he freed the demonized man. With a word, he raised her from the dead. Talitakum. What have you given up on? Who have you given up on? I just sense in my heart that there's, uh, there's some fears that we carry around because of desperation that went so far that it came to a place where we stopped believing where we gave up, where we lost all hope. Please look at Jairus this morning and see how he had to quiet things down and say, listen, this is what he said. I want to lastly lastly remind you of this. If you know that God is addressing some things within you and some promises that he made you, I will be with you, I will go with you. This is what I've got for you. If you know that God is speaking to you, but there's voices, there's other words telling you that it's dead, give up. Close your eyes for a moment. It is time you quiet those words. It is time that you hold on to his word more than anyone else's. When Jesus says, When Jesus says, do not be afraid, just believe. It is for you. It is for me. Just as it was for the woman with the issue of blood. Just as it was for Jairus. Just as it was for the demonized man. Just as it was for the disciples on the open ocean. close this service, I want to leave this with you. I know in my heart that God is addressing in individuals this morning things you've given up on. Words God has given you. Promises you For myself, because I pray for all those here with me this morning. I pray, Lord, that these words would speak into the very depths of our own heart and soul. As you say to us this morning, don't be afraid, just believe. I pray, Lord, that every fear, every lie that the enemy is trying to distort our lives with and steal the truth that You've given, I pray, Lord, that You would address those fears. We come and lay all our fears, everything, everything that that drags us down, that, that wants us to doubt, we come and we lay it at Your feet. And we hear You say to us this morning, do not be afraid, just believe. I pray for each and every one of us, Lord, that you would give us the clarity of thought and of heart to again hear your word clearly. Just believe. We know, Lord, that it's not the amount of our faith, but in whom we trust that makes the difference. So I pray for all of us as we ask, Lord, come teach us how to blindly trust in what you say and what you've said. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.